Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This is the Blue Moon Podcast. Coming up, we've got all the news and views from Manchester City's week. Get involved with the debate by tweeting at Blue Moon Podcast and check out exclusive interviews on bluemoonpodcast.com. It's your club and this is your show. Three games to go and Manchester City have the slight advantage in the Premier League with all things equal at this stage. Two huge hurdles have been cleared this week as Pep Guardiola's side emerged victorious against Tottenham and in a very tense Manchester derby. So now it's on to what will no doubt be another nervy game, this time with Burnley. On today's Blue Moon podcast, we'll be looking at the mental strength City have shown to bounce back from the manner of the Champions League exit to Spurs. We'll also be hearing from former City striker Nicholas Anelka and ex-City midfielder Ayl Berkovic. Plus, we'll preview that trip to Turf Moor. Get your questions sent in for next week's Ask the Panel by tweeting at Blue Moon Podcast or emailing through the website bluemoonpodcast.com. I'm your host, David Mooney, and I'm joined in the studio by two of the biggest birds you can find. <laughs> Gaz? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Where have you just put it down? Wasn't expecting that at all. <laughs> And setting the tone there, Casey, how are you doing? I have no idea what to do now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am all right. Yeah. So what, what voice is it? Like a... It's a party blower. Excellent, excellent. I've, I think we, we, need to, uh, we need to be very wary of, of shocking me while I've got headphones on like that again. But, you know, here we go. Yeah, so uh, title race then. Everything's, uh, everything's looking hunky-dory these days. Yeah, couldn't have gone any better, could it? It's funny, like, people are saying we're definite fa- favourites now. I mean, if we end up winning the last three games, how many is that in a row? Seven, 17. Four, oh, it's, I'd say it's 14 now, so yeah. yeah. Right. So that's on to 17, which it's is... It's still a big ask, isn't it, you know, in order, in order to do it? But it's, it, it's, it's ridiculous, and I think the, the media are just sort of like treating Burnley and Leicester as if they're nothing. Yeah. I mean, particularly with the Burnley game being away as well. But I think it's more likely that... Last night made it more likely that Liverpool will drop points now at some point. What, just because of games. the karma of the universe? <laughs> no, just because it. <laughs> but the plane, we but, keep applying pressure. My next question was going to be: Have City now got one hand on the trophy after those two no, wins? No, no. I, I was asked, just 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 sat around um, with with Tom and Neil, who also do the podcast, um, earlier today, um, and somebody who doesn't know anything about football asked us, not saying that we do like, but <laughs> um, asked us, well, what are, what are the chances? And I st- I still said it was fifty fifty. Between us and Liverpool, and they they were like, no, it's it's way more heavily weighted in our favour. And when you compare the fixtures, and take on your point about penalty red card or whatever, I think when you take into account the fixtures, it has to be even with us having the point, th- those fixtures are a lot tougher. Yeah, but um, that's what it'll be. I mean, if you look at if you look at title races in the past, where points get dropped. They're always in random places. But this isn't like a normal title race, is it? Whoever finishes second is going to have the record tally for second mm. place. So it's not a normal well, year. Well, well, whoever finishes second will more than likely have the third highest points total ever. Yeah. Like, full stop. Yeah. It's it, it, it's not like a normal title race this year. There's so many games that you've watched of Liverpool's where they should have been nowhere near picking up points. And they've just got away with it and got away with it and got away with it and got away with it. But now they don't look like they're getting away with it. They just look like they've got if City and Liverpool both play to their, you know, or anything close to their ability over the next three games, then they'll both get nine points. But my point is, coming down to like the red card or penalty penalty <laughs> kick moment that you're on about, it's more likely to happen against Burnley or Leicester, is my point. Than Huddersfield I mean? or Newcastle. Yeah, because Burnley, you know, you know, we we've not got a great record at Turf Moor. And Leicester have got a pretty good record against us mm. um, at our place. I, I get your point that it will come down to an individual moment, but I think you need to also take into account the fixture list that it's more likely to happen in those games than it is against Huddersfield, who are, you know, you, you'd be arguing are in the top five 
but sorry, bottom five yeah, worst I mean, Premier League teams. Huddersfield are Bobbins, but Wolves aren't a bad side, are they? No, no, <sighs> Wolves aren't a bad side, but it's a nice time to be playing them, isn't it? Last well, they game might of the be season going for the Europa under. League spot. Mm. Last game of the season. So, but isn't that all nonsense anyway about um, teams fighting for something? It's not true that they're more likely to get a result that sort of bared out. No, yeah, because ge- ge- generally it's more like if 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 they had if they had the FA Cup final, I'd I'd be. I'd be more worried yeah. that they wouldn't turn up. But I think because they've not got that as a distraction, I think there is a better potential of Wolves actually doing something in the last game of the season. Well, looking at, at the last week then, um, Spurs and, and United, how how tense were those two games, Gaz? Um, Spurs one was tense. Um, uh, and I remember jumping round my room last night when we scored against United, but that was probably more the sort of context of it being a derby as well. Um, well, the, the Spurs one was incredibly tense for the last half an hour. But up until that point, it, it felt like that we were pretty in control, did you not think? Most of Spurs' chances, though, came in the yeah, first half. Yeah, it, no, no, I, but even so, it felt like, because of the way that we started the game, it felt like, well, even if they get one, we've got another one in us. Yeah. We were stood chatting in the first. We were laughing and joking in the first half. Mm. It was only when it got to the second half where you know we, you know where we were sort of, you know, no one was saying anything and everyone mm. was just. Well, well, you kept turning around to me every two minutes and just going, "He stopped refereeing the game." He stopped <laughs> the game. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> the referee was really, really winding me up uh, in the last. Oh, he was atrocious. Last ten minutes or oh, so, it God, just he yeah. was, was absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Um, and missing everything, and that's uh, yeah. And I remember that made you think something's going to happen here. Yeah. Um, the Derby win as well. It's now three wins in a row for City at Old Trafford. Um, it's the first time that's ever been done in the Premier League for a single manager. Guardiola's uh, managed that for the first time. Um, it's kind of it's weird where the two sides are. Do you not we, think? Because I, I mean, even even when City became good, I never saw it being yep. that sort of we, we, we've won 7 out of 11 there yeah. and we've taken more points off United yeah. at Old Trafford than any other side in the Premier League and Dave Silver's won the most games at Old Trafford than any other visiting player is that right in the whole Premier League era yeah he's, he's won yeah yeah and we hadn't won there until 2008, 2008. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah yeah that's wow. mad and as well that's the first time United have lost 2-0 at Old Trafford in the Premier League yeah I heard that before which is bizarre <laughs> And 2011 must have been the first time they'd lost 6-1 there as well. So, yeah. Like, <laughs> several no, no, records. But, but even, even, in the Sven, even in the Sven one, like you think we were leading 2-0. 2-0 with it, seconds to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd yeah. never thought of that. I mean, did you honestly ever envisage a time where going to Old Trafford wouldn't be so stress-inducing? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, what I've been saying all week, I, I, was really, really, I was really unhappy with how people were talking about us going to... United and probably winning and probably going to win. Like, I mean, we've been a better team than them for a while now, but I can't remember going to an Old Trafford derby where people were saying, "Nah, like we, City we, will, City will, uh, will probably win," as opposed to the three nil, no, no, the, no, the, the three nil under Moyes. We, we, I, 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 like, I knew we were going to win turning up, and I've yeah, not been suppose... like that. In the, and and I tell you another one as well where I knew we were going to win, even though we lost the league, the Mancini one. When um when it was in his final season. No, I, I had a feel no, but I had a feeling there, but that's different from like the consensus was City are gonna go to Old Trafford and win. And it But was... in the Moyes season, we were definitely turning up yeah. Old Trafford. Yeah, I, mean, I, felt, I felt that that year, but I, I agree with you guys. This is the first year since then that 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 year aside I've never had that feeling. Yeah. And and I was really wary all week. People, you know, it was st- it's still United. It's still I I I don't think there's been anything like because I I I was wary of United, but I don't think there's been any difference in attitude in the past three seasons. We we've we've gone to Old Trafford in the past three years, and not being cocksure that we're going to win, but we've been favourites in the past three years mm. and strong favourites. I'd I, say I don't know if we've been favourites over the draw. For like say, <laughs> like take the one last year. Where we essentially won the title there and then December, that game was really it was built, on a knife edge. I think up, in, yeah, it, in it, the it, 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 like, it was you know, up, but this but, is a contest. Last night wasn't built. Yeah, as a, built as a contest. It was. 
But there was there was always like, I I I was nervous last night, like really nervous. I don't think there were any, there but wasn't I was, anyone that wasn't. But, but I was nervous in the context of the title race more than the game itself. I, I it suddenly it, it dawned on me that this was. I, I remember back to the days when City playing United, the chance to damage their title hunt, and that was no, yeah. the kind of bonus. And it, it, like the tables had turned. It was but, yeah, United's chance like, to do that back. It was because like so because they got battered four 0 by Everton. I was just like, oh, that's the worst result that could possibly happen for us. Yeah, I thought that. Like, you, you don't want the risk. It makes no sense. Yeah. But you expect, yeah. like, you expected a reaction off them last night, but there wasn't one. Their last shot on target was in the sixth minute of the game. They played. I mean, not to talk about United, but they they, they played like you'd imagine a team under fire to play, and this always happens. And I remember, like, this happened a lot under when when we were having a dodgy year under the first year of Guardiola. First twenty minutes, you fly out the blocks because you're like, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you, going to show you. But it's like it's kind of after that point where you sort of tell like what where sort the of issues state are. a team's at. Yeah, do you yeah. Know what I mean, like because you can't you can't be like winning that tackle all the way through the game, well, and and we we ended up just well, taking we, over the game because well, well, all we, their we, problems. We we we, we did lose the midfield in the first half. I complete like I complete like I like I said it to you, said it to you at half time. Um, we 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 no one was putting the foot on the ball and like people will say like I love Fernandinho and he's absolutely amazing but I was I was pretty surprised when people were saying he was our best player until he went off. Well, I made some good tackles. Didn't yeah, they? yeah, but good tackles because he's not in the right place and he's not putting his foot on the ball. I I genuinely didn't think Fernandinho was anywhere near his normal level last night and I think he needed to be. It was either. Gundogan needed to be taken off because he was completely ineffective next to Fernandinho, or Fernandinho needed coming off anyway because no one was putting the foot on the ball in midfield. Fernandinho tackling, defensive organisation, that clearance in the first, that all absolutely brilliant. I'm not taking that away from him, but there's so much more to Fernandinho that he wasn't showing us well, yesterday. We were saying, weren't we? Um, but we couldn't get Bernardo into the game because he wasn't playing in midfield, um, and. The conversation I was having, like, not you know, just be yourself, not all of other, us, yeah, other friends yeah. of us at WhatsApp was like, When's he gonna? When's he gonna do it? When's when, he gonna move him inside? Yeah, or, or more to the point, when's he gonna make this positive change? Yeah, and everyone thought it would be Gundogan coming off, probably. Well, well, and then you and then you make the positive change, but well, you, you made a great point in, at half time. You just you just said, I don't know exactly what he's gonna do, but he's gonna outthink Solskjaer here. Like, yeah. that's literally what you said word for word at half time, and you were dead right. But it was kind of forced as yeah. well, wasn't it? And, but the good thing is, well, the, one, the really good thing he did is when Fernandinho got that knock, he thought, right, I'm going to take this opportunity now. And you can even see Fernandinho didn't really want to come off, did he? Um, and it's it's not like Guardiola to make that sort of change. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's quite rare, well. yeah, it's quite rare for him to make early changes. Um, yeah. Well, let's, I don't think he wanted to spend a few, because the game was that kind of game. He didn't want to sort of spend a few minutes without him off the pitch as well, did he? It mm. was like, right, make the change now, and that got, that brought Bernardo into the middle. And then after that point, we were just Bernardo's like, just oh, yeah. he's just incredible. I was going to ask about him because I mean, he scored the opening goal. He has been one of City's key players this season. There's no doubt about it. He's been absolutely unbelievable, and like his his first, his first half last night, by his incredibly high standards, weren't wasn't particularly great. But then in the second half, he just he just he just turned it on and. The, the the thing with Bernardo as well, he looks like he should be slow, and mm. the, and he picks the ball up and it's just like, like somebody's just put a motorboat on the back of him and he just he just tears off and I think that's half of nobody that technically good should also be that fast because it's just not fair. Mm. Like he's absolutely incredible the way that he can just sort of nip it past people and he's for for a little bloke he's really strong and he just doesn't he well he very very rarely loses the ball and I, I just thought. Like I was, obviously your initial reaction when when Bernardo scored was like you know, relief. You know, you know yes, get in there, go mad. But like then you follow that up with, oh, I'm glad it was him. Mm. Like and I only like I have that with him and Sterling at the minute. It's just like oh yeah, I'm glad it's them. Like I really really want both of them to do really well just because of, for all intents and purposes, them two have carried the second half of this season. I think. Let's talk yeah. about uh, Gundogan as well, because um, as soon as he was put into that anchoring role, we saw a completely different version of him, didn't we, Gaz? Yeah, I mean, like you said, he, he struggles to get involved in the game in the first half. I don't, I don't think he really. It was, it was sort of figure. It was hard to sort of figure out what his role was supposed to be yeah. in the first half. Whether he was, whether I don't. 
whether we're supposed to be sort of one of the two sitting well, or you, playing further forward. Well, I, I, I was thinking about this because usually when he's playing the further forward, he's usually on the left in place of Silva. Mm. And I can't, I can't remember him playing the right of a three. Like I might be wrong, even though he's he's right. I can't remember him playing the right of a three, and he looked a bit lost in that sort of position, yeah. at least. And sort of Fernandinho was kind of getting in his way a bit. Yeah. They? They were, well, well, to be fair to them both, they were kind of getting in each other's way yeah. a bit, um, playing out in that first half. And he was much better. In the, uh, he's like, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, like for the past three years, people have been talking about Fernandinho's replacement, and. I know Gundogan's he's going about 28 or whatever, but like, I think you're not going to get anyone better than him, yeah. really. They're, they're you know, probably going to lose him as well. He's going in the summer, isn't he? Do you think? Yeah, well, he's only got one year left No, I know contract, that, but so. I just wonder for like, I'd, I'd, whatever I'd, I'd, fee I'd you'd get him. for him, it, uh, the cl- would the, if you were at the club, would you just sort of think, well... I'd, I'd, I'd keep him for, for the extra the year, but like I said that about Tevez and we should have done. I think with Tevez... They, it was more the ego. I think they, t- I think they, they, they really had to take things quite far to get Tevez to stay for one more year, and I think there was just an understanding from absolutely yeah, everyone <laughs> yeah, involved. Yeah. No, never going to happen. Yeah, this, it? this is the last year. Yeah, but it was because, but, but don't even know you all twice. Yeah, 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 but even, at, yeah, but even at the time, like ten million for him was ridiculous at the time. No, I know, but I think there was just a gentleman's agreement between yeah. everyone yeah. there. But, yeah. but yeah, like what, what realistically are you going to get with from Gun- for Gundogan with a with a year left on his contract, twenty million. Well, that's it. I mean, I mean, I'm not. I don't run the figures because his wages as well taken into account, and somebody will be looking at it on the spreadsheet. But if it was, if it was those kind of figures, you'd say, yeah, just keep him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or and in that time, try and get him to sign a contract extension because. Yeah, you know, he's, he's, like you say, you're probably not going to get anybody better for yeah. for the role. Yeah, but I, I just, I just think he's gone, uh, which is a great shame because I, I think. So, I, 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 he's been he's been one of our best players over the past couple of months. I think he's been yeah, abs- like the, all season he's been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So, well, this is what Pep Guardiola had to say after the derby against United. He starts uh, being asked about the injury to Fernandinho. Fernandinho was in the half time a little problems in both legs and muscular. He played the second half and we fell down. I thought he was not ready to to continue, and that's why make substitute. I thought in the half time, you know, put put Leroy. Maybe later, it was a little bit in advance, but uh, the way he came in was incredible. Gundogan in that position gave us our game quicker. And, and Leroy, you know, attacking by line is a special player. So uh, I'm so demanding to, to him and sometimes, no, sometimes I like to be critical of him because uh, we know his potential and we want to be help him to be more consistent in his game, not just in the, his actions with the, on the, with the ball, without two. And today was was so good. He played in a high level. After um, last week's Champions League uh, disappointment, how worried were you about the two games that followed so quickly, uh, Tottenham and Manchester United? I think that is the most difficult, and most nice, and most incredible detail for these players. So you cannot imagine the frust- not frustration because, of course, Tottenham deserve all my respects and credit. But how tough will be for all of us? You know, go out for this beautiful competition like Champions League when we felt it was there. You know, for one hand not given, for one inch, uh, it was really, really tough. And after three days later, we have uh, a Tottenham at home, and it was not the best performance, but the way with the sunny sunshine, with incredible warm in the pitch, you know, to play to, for, you know, to stay alive in the Premier League when Tottenham didn't play for almost anything because they are going to qualify for the Champions League. The pressure we felt and how we react, that is sometimes more important than all the other things you can read or you can write or you can say. So, and also after come here, our neighbours, United, the more prestigious team in England the last, uh, you know, 20, 30 years and, and, and for the third time in a row winning and especially today with a lot of pressure that we had because we know if we lose nothing it's incredible mentality the strength and every single action do it to commit what they have to do what we speak what we're training so it's fantastic so I think Manchester City has to be so so proud for these players so proud so we can go with the heads up everywhere and and that's why it's our fans are support us at the game against Champions League against against 
against Tottenham and even the defeat that three days later support more than the date of the Champions League. That's happened because they know we don't lie. We know we are honest in our way to play and that's why they are satisfied for the teams or for the players they, they, they have it right now. So it's good. For a pledge of $2 a month, you can hear our weekly bonus show on a wide range of city topics. There's more details on patreon.com forward slash blue moon podcast. Pep Guardiola speaking after the derby there. It was, it was interesting to hear what he had to say about Leroy Sane and that, that kind of admission that he'd been a bit uh, been a bit heavy handed with him. I, th- I think he has been. Um, like, Don't get me wrong. I've been uh, I've been a critic of Sane probably more than most this year uh, in terms of what he hasn't been offering and and in and in certain games he's looked disinterested, but in terms of pure talent, it's just unbelievable. Like, um, he's he's on his day, he's unstoppable, and that like his 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 pace is a completely different pace to like Bernardo and Raheem. It's just another level because the way that he like sort of elegantly like opens his stride, it just absolutely terrifies defenders and the way that he can stop. Um, and I think. You know, goal goals like that that he scored last night. You know, fair enough. You know, mistake or whatever. But I don't think many other players get in that position from there that can that can strike a ball like that. Um, and I think that that sort of threat. Um, it's I, it, it, bearing in mind obviously Pep's a genius and where we are in the league. I do think it is a little bit weird that we've not utilised a weapon like that anywhere near as much as we should have done this season. I was going to say, have you been surprised at how little he started recently? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, myself included, sort of thought that um, Sane, you look at him and you think, one day, one season, he's going to be like, have like a 40-goal ridiculous season. And, you know, last year he was Young Player of the Year in the first team pretty much every week. And it, it was all sort of set up for it to be this year. And he's gone backwards in terms of his, yeah. uh, not in terms of his sort of profile in the team and such. And that shouldn't really have happened. And it's a, it's a bit odd, isn't it? How like, there's been like a bit of a, there's, there's a bit of hysteria you get. I mean, a lot of it's quite disingenuous about Foden and, he, and how he's handled him. And you think, well, he's probably he's handled him about right for like an eighteen-year-old. The one who probably should be further along in his development now is is Sane. Given given, you know, he had a year to warm up, then he had a you know a year in the first team, and then now he's he's gone backwards. And you wonder where he got. I mean, you 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 also get you're talking about players who are going to go. You always get a feeling like, oh, I, see. I think it, yeah, it it, it it does always seem that he's he's not going to hang around. And 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 and, and you know, as much as you know. I'm I'm sure with most modern footballers these days, playing time isn't you know one of the main factors. It, the fact that he's not played has not helped the situation at all. No. I don't think. And it's, and there's been some there's been plenty of games recently where, I mean, Bernardo's been having a good, good game out wide, but I don't think you get any more of him out wide. I think you you get all the benefits of him still in midfield, mm. and he's chosen to play him out wide and play other people in midfield. But it's the fact as well that that you've had a season where De Bruyne has been pretty much injured for yeah. the for the whole whole of it. You've had an opportunity there to have Bernardo in the middle with Sane out wide, and it just hasn't really been an option. Well, that well, it's Guardiola like, was picked. Well, well, it's like is like David Silva's the best player that's ever played for us, but there's been a lot of games where he's looked leggy inside, and you think. Put Bernardo in the middle and put Sane on the wing. It doesn't seem that difficult, and he just, you know, he just it just seems it seems like he's not playing him out of stubbornness at times. But hey, I mean they are top of the league, so yeah, like, yeah ex- exactly. And he is clearly a genius, but it just, I think it's because when it's decisions like that, and you think maybe it'll affect, it'll affect the team longer term. That that's that's what that's what fans are taking into account, um, and pl- plus even just from a pure enjoyment point of view. Who doesn't want to watch Leroy Sane? Like he's just—he's absolutely beautiful to watch, mm. and it's—it's—it's um, it's, it's a shame he's not played more. And I hope we get a contract extension and that he play—you know—he gets minimum thirty starts next season. I was going to ask about the contract situation because you, you kind of get the impression this last kind of half season isn't going to help. That. No, and I—I don't. I, as I said, I've, I've sort of gone over it. I don't know why he's not playing more. Um, and don't get me wrong, he clearly isn't doing what he's told on the pitch at times, and I can completely understand that. 
but at the same time it's not nowhere near warrants the level of behavior that he's receiving i don't think yeah because like i mean i i, I don't think Mahrez has done anywhere near as badly as some people make out but like mm. he seems to have got a lot of the same opportunities more opportunities hasn't he when yeah anything you can level at sane this year you could you could probably level at Mahrez quite mm. easily as well did he um, did he prove on Wednesday that Guardiola should have been looking at him more? He proved that against Liverpool around Christmas time. I thought, like, I don't think the goal the goal he scores against Liverpool, no other player in our squad scores that. I don't know if you look at it holistically. So he's been out of favour since Christmas, in which time, unless we we would have beaten Newcastle. Yeah, had I he know played. what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because I don't think I don't think Sane not being in the team led to the was losing against. No, maybe uh, do you know what? Maybe at, um, in fact, no, the White White Lane or whatever it's called, Tottenham Stadium, he should have been in that team, shouldn't he? You mean in the in the home yeah. in, the, in the away yeah, leg yeah. in the first game? That's yeah, the definitely. Game he probably should have played in. Yeah, but apart from that, if you look at things holistically, and think should he have handled him better? It's like, well, couldn't have really have gone much better since he's been out of favour. So. I, I, I think the season as a whole hasn't, and obviously you don't really, you know, you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be questioning Pep considering the position that he's in. But at the end of the day, as a fan, you're thinking, like I say, you, you're also thinking about next season, and do you want Sane to stay, like? Like I quantified before, it's not the be all and end all these days for footballers whether they're playing or not. But for the sake of losing Leroy Sane, in a lot of those games that we've won, we would have still won them if Sane was in the team as yeah. well. Like it's not like if Sane had started it instead of Bernardo Silva that we'd have lost. You know, certain home games that we've played. I don't think he's probably also been a little bit the victim of the fact that Pep's always just trying to, almost for the sake of it, just trying to change the team and evolve and tweak things a bit and that was last year's team wasn't it so I think he he does just he does want to give opponents other things to think about doesn't and I it? suppose he Sterling's of Sterling's kind of success on the left this season yeah. has not helped him either he, well Sterling's just undroppable isn't he yeah um, I guess you mentioned the, the the Spurs first leg, the 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 tie overall obviously with that that last minute sucker punch with the goal not being given with VAR. Mm. How how do you City how do you think City have reacted in these last two games to that? Because I think it was interesting to hear Guardiola talk as well about the fact that actually that was a it was a really hard thing to bounce back from. Yeah, and they did it really quickly, didn't they? So like they started pushing Spurs all over the place, didn't they, in the first sort of twenty minutes of half an hour of that that Premier League game. They scored it. within four, so Yeah. I mean they looked grumpy, didn't they? Like but in a sort of good way. Um and yeah, I mean the the response has been fat. I mean it could have gone the other way. I mean you sort of saw it last year with three bad results in a row. Um, but he's obviously just got them to realise. Look, you can still still win a domestic treble. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Does that? I mean, hearing Guardiola actually say that, does it put it put those the last two games into a new light, Casey? Yeah, I've, I just I just think it's mad because you're speaking to some City fans, obviously. Everyone's disappointed by what happened last week and it still does sort of feel like the last two games, as good as we've been, it still does feel like we are in a bit of a hangover period. Do you not Do you not agree? Like, I, I don't mm. think, like, we've started, like, we, we we started really quickly against Spurs, but then, like, last night against United, we didn't, we didn't start well at all. It was a bit... And we finished the game badly against Spurs. It was just... It, it, I'd, I think we've been a lot more in control of games like that earlier in the season. It's hard though, isn't it? Because they are tough games, those two games anyway, yeah. against top six opponents. Mm. So you can't really... It's hard to tell whether it is a sort of hangover or not. I think, given how we finished against United, I think the good news is that... Yeah, I think... It's uh, probably if over, there, If there was it, yeah. one, it's over, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, I think the way that we finished last night was... There wasn't really that much concern. I've spoken to a couple of people that weren't that weren't um, celebrating until like the ninety third minute because of the tension. But it felt it, <laughs> no after but, the second minute after, right. after the, yeah at that, that's what the I only thought. time I got worried was when Pogba had that free kick right outside the area. It was like, one it was, nil, was one nil, nil at yeah, the time. I know, I know, yeah, and Aguero would just Aguero would just hit the post, hadn't he? Yeah, um, because I thought that was in a fantastic position for him to do something. But Aguero hitting the post like that. That just did not get a mention anywhere mm. afterwards. Like it's a brilliant, a brilliant yeah. chance. That I mean, Aguero's performance against United was 
for a striker, one of the most selfless and hard-working performances I've seen, well, that the run he makes to yeah, create the space say, for Sane. It, the, the run he makes where he lines up the, the four United defenders in a, <laughs> vertically. In, a, in, a, in a vertical line is just incredible. And... He he knows he's doing it, not getting the ball because he's looking over. He's not, you know, he knows what he's doing, and he's just confusing the United defence. Um, and I don't think the Aguero of a few seasons ago would be doing that necessarily. I think he'd be give it to me because I, you know, I score. I, I, yeah, I score. Yeah, yeah. Um, we but, talked ha- about the- but having said that, I'm absolutely gutted that he's he's not scored against United in the past couple because he only needs one more to go. Oh, one or two leading more, scorer yeah, leading in the derby. Yeah. Yeah. Is he uh, one behind Rooney? Though? He's one behind Rooney, yeah. yeah. Um, Phil Foden scored the opener against, mm-hmm. well, the only goal against Spurs. Um, it was interesting to see, I, I, this wasn't in the, the, the post-match press conference, but I, I, I read um, that Guardiola had picked him for that game because of the of the situation with the Champions League knockout and the VAR decision. He, he, he'd seen in training that, that Foden had been young and... And kind of hungrier Seen for in training, yeah, he'd yeah, been, yeah, been young, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. He, 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 he was Looking showing young that, <laughs> he was showing that kind of enthusiasm that um, <laughs> he wasn't being weighed down by the, the by the decision. Mix. <laughs> Foden's one of those players. Like when he came into the team as well, like he didn't look out of place at all, and he didn't. He was he was so much a part of that team that his mistakes were sort of I felt magnified. Because you don't because he looked that comfortable when he made a mistake or when he was trying to force it. You forget that he's a kid. You, you, and... you, you forget, yeah. You almost forgot that he was a kid, yeah. Because he he was yeah. trying to force it and he did make mistakes in that game that a lot of people have glossed over. But your your natural reaction was to think, oh well, we don't we don't really make those mistakes as a team. Because but then but then you sort of catch yourself and you think, well, he's he's eighteen years old and he's doing things that other players because. His 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 late running into the box. Not many, you know. We don't we don't always do that really. Like generally, you know, it's from one wing to the other where the winger will come inside and then tap it in. But like Foden was getting in the box over and over and over again, and to have the confidence to do that at eighteen was was ridiculous. I thought. A few, a few I found too were... demanding of wanting to see more of him. I think there was definitely there were there were some games earlier in the season. Like there was a cup, like not starting the. Um, he didn't start the Burton game, did he? I think at the time it felt as if he was being underused, and particularly the element of that—the fact that you'd be winning three 0 and he wouldn't be getting minutes, and you'd be thinking, "Come on!" But I guess you know he can just turn around now and say, "Well, he's played him twice in a running starting that, that, games." That, and... that, that that Spurs one especially feels like yeah. a massive breakthrough. Like Cardiff, Cardiff is Cardiff. I know they're in a relegation battle, but like starting somebody against relegation fodder at home. Is is a bit different, but didn't have to though, did he? No, no, he didn't. No, he he didn't have to, but that also felt like a bit of the reaction of there was a lot in the press about like Hudson Odoi starting for Chelsea finally, mm. wasn't there? And it seemed it sort of seemed like a bit of a reaction to that. And and did you notice last night as well? And then picked up on the commentary. Foden was warming up on the pitch at half time. Yeah, yeah. And I think the injury to Fernandinho changed the kind of substitution he was going to make. Mm. But it looked like he was going to get introduced last night. And the, and the amazing thing about that is that you were thinking, he's a viable option now yeah. in literally, it doesn't get bigger than Old Trafford, Darby, for, you know, for, or tougher for, for, than an Old Trafford. Yeah, well, I, I was sort of worried when I saw that at half time. But like, obviously, Phil Foden's an amazing player in his temperament. But I was just like, my head would explode if I was going to come on. <laughs> like, you know, you know, you know, like, be, like being a mass, like, and I was just thinking, you know, God, you sort of fear for him as well. You want him to come on and you want him to do well. Like, imagine if he, if he came on and scored the winner at know, Old Trafford. Yeah. It would have been amazing, but at the same time, you just if you, like... If you, you're in that position. I, my, my head would be completely all over the show. Because of the strides that he'd made in the past couple of weeks, I was sort of thinking, if he comes on now and he just completely balls it up, like is, is that going to be like one step forward and two steps back? But, but really, you know, level-headed thinking about it now, of course he would have handled it pro- properly and... And been uber professional and been really good, but it's just because we, we as fans do have a connection to Foden more than mm. more than most players just naturally. Like he's a Bert from Stockport, like, <laughs> and it's it, it, it you just do really want him to do well. And you know it would have been a dream if he'd come on and then scored a you know winner in the title running at Old Trafford. But 
I think it, it probably did make sense to not bring him on. But in that's, the end. that's for next season, isn't yeah. it? Uh, right, <laughs> well, uh, when Kevin Keegan earned promotion in style in 2001, he built one of the most creative sides that City fans had seen at the time. A big part of that was Isle Berkovich, one of the early arrivals under the ex-England manager at Main Road. I caught up with him after his interview at City Square earlier this week for a very quick chat about his time at the club. Honestly, blink and you'll miss it. Unfortunately, there's also a lot of background noise, so uh, brace yourselves. He said to me that uh, City's going to be a big club. We didn't know how much they're going to be a big club. Now uh, they arrived to the point and they are one of the biggest clubs in the world. And when we arrived to City, I think Kevin Keegan told me, just go, enjoy your game, enjoy your football, because the crowd, they want to see attractive football, attacking football, with a lot of talent, with a lot of skill, and this is what we've done. What, what was it like to be in that team with so many attacking and flair players? Easy to play when you've got a lot of good players, it's much easier to play. Everybody wants the ball, everybody can pass the ball. The movement is very good. We had Nelka and Gota up front, very quick guys, so it was very easy to play. What, uh, I mean, you scored a, a fair few goals for City, do any stand out as a favourite? Oh, uh, I don't remember all of them, but uh, I think all, all the atmosphere and all the view of the club was uh, very enjoyable and it was a pleasure for me to play in this club. I'm just thinking about that solo goal against Norwich. Norwich, yeah, it was one of the best goals, yeah. What, what was going through your mind? Uh, just get the ball and start running and suddenly I find myself in front of the goal, make some tricks and score the goal. It was a very important game for me because my mum came to see this game especially. I scored two goals in this game, if I remember. Very good game. And a volley at Ipswich as well. Oh, unbelievable, yeah. It was in the cup game. Cup game, nice volley. Not a bad volley. Check out exclusive City interviews on our website, bluemoonpodcast.com. Ayl Berkovich speaking to me there. Now it's time to look ahead to the game against Burnley at Turf Moor. Um, given that uh, United and, and Spurs are out of the way, are you, are you a bit more relaxed about this now? No. Um, with with the way that the games are going now, it is, it is literally just... And it has been one at a time, so it was like, right, get, get, get Palace out of the way, get Spurs out of the way get United out of the way. But now these next two are sort of in a chunk and it just feels like we need to somehow get through Burnley because it just feels like there is a tremendous banana skin there. Um, and Sean Dyche would love nothing more than than stopping us winning the league. You can just tell he's, he's just that sort of character that would absolutely revel in the fact that he's spoiled someone else's party. Um, and I... I'm I'm really really worried about Sunday. Well, really I don't want to I don't want to make you feel any worse. Um, but yes, uh, you do. Yeah, yeah, I do. You're right. Uh, but in every <laughs> single one of Burnley's Premier League seasons, at some point in the season, they've beaten the reigning champions. Seventeen eighteen, they beat Chelsea three two at Stamford Bridge. Sixteen seventeen, they beat Leicester at Turf Moor. Fourteen fifteen, they beat City at Turf Moor, and then ten no, nine ten, they beat United, United at Turf Moor. Actually, that makes me feel better because they can't carry on that run. The Bur- I know I've just been saying it, but the Burnley, they can't carry on beating champions like that. That City team didn't travel well back at the end of, of Pellegrini's uh, <laughs> second season. You know, One of the champions is Leicester. There are mitigating circumstances for that run. Yeah, it's, it, it, I don't think it means anything, does it, that? It's just a bit of a, a, bit of a freak, isn't it? That, you know, that they've got a big result. Yeah. At some point in the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we've not been that bad against Burnley recently, have we? We've gone there and I think we've gone we, there and won under Guardiola both. Yeah, well, yeah. No, 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 we, no they we drew, drew last, last year. Do you remember the Sterling miss? Oh, I, uh, yeah. And it was a, it was a battle in that first year as well. But then again, it, there was Claudio Bravo in goal, and you know it was. Didn't we score a last minute winner against Burnley? I seem to remember under Guardiola. No, the the two the two goals in that game were Scruffy. some of the scrappiest Scruffy. goals we've seen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that, but I don't. I mean, we've I beat, think we beaten six-one under Mancini was that, nine years ago, was it? Yeah, yeah, nine ten. It was Mancini. That was when it started and, raining, and, and that that was that was in April as well. Yeah, yeah. It was like five nil. Yeah, it was five nil. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it started pissing it down, didn't it? I yeah. think I think that's the Premier League record for the quickest three nil lead because they were three nil after like six seven minutes. Mm. Yeah, oh, surely we've broke that now, haven't we? I don't know. I think Alex Nimley got on the pitch in that game as well. He did, right? you're right. He so, did. To bring him Second up again. mention. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, 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 that's a little uh, trailer for the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, sorry, but no, back to the game. I, I don't think, I think, um, I, I'm obviously as worried as you can be with three games to go in a, in a running, but they don't have a lot of quality, do they, to hurt you? And I just think we'll have a plan. Well, well, Guardiola brought up um, a day, like in reference, some guy called McNeil as a danger man that I've never heard of in my life. So that's well, just he's been probably, doing all right recently. That's that's probably like my lack of knowledge, like that. But for me, that Burnley team hasn't changed in about ten years. Just <laughs> mm. seems to be the same collection of you know hardworking British lads. Like you know, there's they, they don't ever seem to get anyone in from outside. It just seems to be the same collection of players every year. No. How much trust do you have in City to get the job done these days? Because you look at, uh, I mean, Guardiola's record in a season and what nine tenths of a season, one hundred and eighty nine points. You can't, you can't knock the ability to get job the job done on, in difficult circumstances. The, the one thing that Guardiola brings is like over and above the, even like I know like people get really focused on like his tactics because like stylistically because they're quite unique. But the most notable thing about him is how he just turns you into like a winning machine. And that's exactly what we've been the last couple of years. Buying, his buying team are like that. His Barcelona team are like that. And it's not just about the style. It's kind of about your approach. and well, it's, it's motivation as well. Yeah, it's just like you are a winning... You're going to get the job done today. And... There's very, very, very few managers. But who that, can... that's that's why it feels like we've done so well this year without De Bruyne because De Bruyne just seems like the embodiment of Guardiola on the pitch in yeah. that sort of regard, doesn't it? Like I know, obviously, we've got different captains and De Bruyne never seems to be picked, even though he's part of whatever the leadership team or whatever you call it. But he seems to be Guardiola's leader when he's on the pitch in that sort of because De Bruyne plays like he's a machine that mm. can see every blade of grass. And that seems to be what Guardiola expects of all his players. Um, but yeah, the the way that even the way like comparing against United, the way that we went through the gears in that second half, it's just like that. That is from confidence that is instilled. It's a job, isn't it? It's a job you get done, and yeah. like there's that mentality, and that's why when these kind of games come up now, and I've always been quite pessimistic in the past. I'm just I am just much less now. Just because of the just the general approach which we have. Nevertheless, though, the the mood in the away end's likely to be quite tense and nervy. Yeah. It depends on how we start. Yeah, it depends on the first fifteen minutes of that game will um will will be huge. I think if we come out of the blocks firing, I think we we could, we will either have the the game over within ten fifteen minutes or it will be. Really, really, really tense. And a slog. All the way through, yeah. You can get a feel, can't you, with City? Quite often, and this happened against United. It happened against Palace as well a few couple of weeks ago. We'll miss a fair... We'll, we'll you know, like, get Sterling last night and um, such. You'll get Sterling like, against Palace, actually, yeah. Yeah, you'll get, like, a really good chance, or even two or three, and you just think, you know, we should have scored there, but you don't worry because you think... There's going to be another one. Exactly. You know, you can sort of see now we've got we found our rhythm, and, and and if we can sort of get into that early early on against Burnley on Sunday, you'll be able to tell in the first ten minutes whether yeah, we're going I'm, to win I, or not. Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful it's going to be like the Palace game, because the, you know they are a similar. I'd say Palace are, are slightly better, but they are a similar caliber side. It, it took about half an hour, didn't it, against Palace? But yeah. you could just tell. Yeah, you, we were just you know you were turning the screw, we're turning mm-hmm. the screw, and. Uh, yeah, you just sort of. Do, 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 what's your thoughts on it? I'm really nervous about it. I, yeah. I, I, City in the last couple of visits to Turf Moor, they've had a difficult game, and that, I just see the same sort of thing. I think they'll win, but I think I don't think it's going to be an easy game at all. And that's basically where you are. To be honest with you, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. If you if they get if they get a goal early on, then I think they'll be fine. So, are we going to win the league? Yes or no, David? Why? I'm the host. I don't answer these sorts <laughs> of questions. Yeah, no, but that's why I'm flipping around. <laughs> um. Yes, but I don't think City or Liverpool will drop any points now. I think Liverpool will drop points, and your smile is so evil. I know. <laughs> I, some something's gonna. If you were to put right, if you were to put like a six bet accumulator on now for like those six results, yeah, you'd but still I never, get good odds. Yeah, but you? I never it's win not... it. I never win accumulators. No, I know. But the point, <laughs> the point is, it's unlikely. Even even given the sort of 
the fact that on paper the games are quite one-sided. Pretty calling six results. It's not. It's it's hard. We might drop points. We've won how many in a sort of row now? Jesus, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> all I'm saying is that to say to, to call six results out is is a big call, isn't it? So, so you're so you're saying we're going to win the league, but not with there's not going to be six wins. I think someone will win the league. Oh well, that's... <laughs> but um, s- s- someone's going <laughs> to someone's going to drop points. So no, my point is, I think I don't want to. I don't want to say it because you just like jinx it. I think we'll win the league, but I, I don't think it's true that we'll both win six. I think it's more likely that um, there'll be a couple of drop couple of games in that where people. Yeah, I think you've got to answer now as I, well. I, I I think it's fifty fifty. I I genuinely think it's fifty fifty. I think we if we get over the line on Sunday, as much as I'm still worried about less, if we get over the line on Sunday, it's done. You said it was done in... I said it was done months ago. September, October? And I, and I, also, I also said that Liverpool had won the league after we got beat by Newcastle. So, <laughs> so yeah, so don't listen to me, basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's get some predictions on the board then. We're running out of games to raise money for the Christie, a cancer hospital in Manchester. We've earned so far this season £918 in the charity bet with William Hill. Each of our panel gets a £10 correct score single on City's games. Burnley away to come, so let's have some predictions. Uh, KC, what are you having? Uh, I'm going to say 2-1 uh, to City. 2-1 City is 9-1, to one, so 90 quid if you're right, Gaz. Uh, I said 4-0. Four 4-0 nil. Four <laughs> nil is 15-2, uh, to two, so £75 if you're right. So yours, yours is less. Yeah. Oh, that's I mad. think I think it's because you've given Burnley a goal, you know. Yeah, I think that that's that mad. could be the difference because uh, I've gone two nil and uh, that's five to one and fifty pounds if I'm right. Uh, you've got to be eighteen or over to gamble. Prices can change. And for more information on responsible gambling, visit begambleaware.org. Now then, we heard earlier on in the show from Ile Berkovic. He was on City Square with Nicholas Anelka earlier this week. Not one to pass up an opportunity. I also spoke to the former City striker about his time at Main Road. And again, unfortunately, there's quite some background noise. This time, uh, Ali Benabia was there. So I think uh, he convinced me more than uh, Kevin, but because Kevin was there, also I know he was a striker, a very good striker, one of the best, and I wanted to, to, to work with him. So the combination of uh, Ali and, uh, and Kevin made me uh, sign here. What was, what was it like arriving at a, a club that had just been promoted? It was a bit strange for me because, you know, I, I came from uh, Liverpool, uh, but, you know, I, I knew I had to do the, the stuff on the pitch, you know, at this level, you have to do it. You have to be focused and give everything. This is and this is exactly what I did. When in one of your first games, you scored a hat trick against uh, Everton. Yeah. That, that helped you settle down. Well, it's always good to uh, to start well. Uh, I needed it because you know uh, it's a it's when I, when you are new in the club and you and you you've been, you have, you've been for a big signing. It's a lot of pressure and you need to, to be good on the pitch and he was very good to, uh, to score three goals, of course. What do you remember about the final derby at Main Road? You opened the scoring in that game. Yeah, it was amazing because, you know, you, when you when you sign for, for City, you know there's one game uh, and you cannot uh, miss uh, and uh, you know it's going to be hard. And it was uh, a special day because it's something I will never forget. Because I, I saw in you know city highs, the fans they were like so happy to uh, to first to score against uh, United, but to win because the most important at the end it was not me to score, it was to win against United, and uh, it's something I will never forget. What, what was the pressure going into that game with it being the final one at Main Road? Uh, it's like a final. You know when you when you speak to people. You are a true uh, uh, City player when you score against United, and when you win, it's even more. So it was we know we knew it was uh, I knew it was like a, a big game, a hard game, tough game. But uh, at the end, it was very good because we won and they scored. And uh, what was the move to, to the Etihad like in uh, 2003? Well, it was it was good. It was a good stadium, bigger stadium than the the, the, the old one. It's, uh, it was the beginning of the new club because it was almost a new club, you know, with uh, the new chairman and everything. Um, we knew, we, uh, we loved the, the, the stadium, the, the new one. Uh, the pitch was good as well, and it was no, it was it was nice. City and Liverpool this season are, are quite close rivals. Uh, you actually scored City's last winning goal at Anfield. How, I mean, that, it's so long ago, but it, it's it, how do you feel about that? Well, it's a shame because uh, I, I would have uh, preferred somebody uh, score a goal and win against uh, uh, Liverpool uh, away. But uh, no, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad because 
at me I did something uh, good for for City. How how did uh, how did it feel coming back to the Etihad with uh, Bolton with Chelsea? Strange because for me it was my club and uh, it was strange to to come to come back here because I was not I was not wearing the City shirt and also to score against uh, City uh, here was uh, well, was a bit strange but you know it's uh, part of uh, uh, football player you know you are, you have to give everything for your club and uh, I did it in my life because I, I've been uh, playing for so many teams so I was always focused on my for my for my team with who I played but uh, I will never forget uh, City. What was Kevin Keegan like to work with? Very good. He was a striker, uh, one of the best. And uh, when you are striker and you work with him, uh, it was fantastic because you know you can enjoy the the, the training. And uh, we were doing like uh, spe specific stuff on the, you know for the strikers, and he was one of the best. How did the move to Fenerbahce come about? Well, I wanted to play Champions League, and uh, this time with uh, City, it was not uh, happening. So that's why um, I decided to uh, to go and play Champions League and uh, to play for the Turkish League, because no, nobody wanted uh, to sign me in, uh, in England, so I, I had a chance to go there and I signed. Get involved with the debate on Twitter at Blue Moon Podcast. Nicholas and Elka chatting to me there. Now then, it's time for Ask the Panel. Get your questions in for next week. Do it on Twitter, at Blue Moon Podcast. You can email us through the website, bluemoonpodcast.com, or we've got a brand new Instagram page as well. You can message us on there, Blue Moon Podcast. Just have a search for that there. First one comes from Isabel Power on the emails. She asks, which former City manager would you have liked to have seen have a go at the job with the resources and players that Guardiola has now? Um, I, I think Keegan's the obvious one. Yeah, we... The ultimate checkbook manager. Yeah, yeah. Was that Sven? Sven? I was just going to say Sven. Sven, Sven, Sven is the ultimate checkbook manager. Transfer, didn't but, he? <laughs> but, but, but Sven, Sven got a league, didn't he? He won a league with Lazio. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you'd probably probably pick Keegan. It'd be uh, it'd be bloody funny either way with either of them two, though, wouldn't well, it? Well, your thing, your thing. You said it a few weeks ago on the show. You wanted to at the end of that Pellegrini year. Pellegrini, give, give Pellegrini's last year should have been given to Keegan. I still stand by that, like because it just would have been loads more enjoyable. Everyone would have known that he'd have only had a year. And we would have got miles closer to winning the league. Someone, we would have come valiantly second. Someone would have had to have found him, though, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Where is he? He's just disappeared. He, 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 he was. He was. On, he was on being sports a lot of the time. Was he? I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah. So. I mean, I, 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 didn't he say like he fell out of love with the game or something after City and stuff like that? I think he was in his book, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think if you give him 100 million quid to spend, Keegan give him a fall... war chest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, how, how would it have looked? How, how would how would Keegan's team now have looked when, given the resources that City have got? I reckon he'd, he'd probably sell a couple of defenders and buy some more strikers, wouldn't he? <laughs> Yeah, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have two centre forwards in the squad, would it? It'd have a it'd have four or five. Yeah. Well, well, Mancini wanted five, didn't he? Yeah. So you know, if if Mancini was coming back and, and managing the team, then you know, I don't think he wanted five. He wanted Van Persie, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but so we had four. We had four top quality strikers. No, no, at the time, implicitly yeah. then, yes, he wanted five. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, like God knows what it'd look like under Sven. <laughs> like, it'd, it'd be absolutely mad. You what? It'd be full of players you'd never heard of. Hey, he no, but when he was at Lazio, he signed. He signed. He, like he had. A, he had a lot of money then, and he signed. He signed all the best players. Yeah. in the league, didn't he? he? Signed like Salas and Nedved and people like that. He signed top class players, um, like Concesao and people like that. But I think you, you just you just think like, what would our squad look like? It'd just be absolutely mad. We'd have twice as many players if if Sven was there anyway. Tell you that. It's a good question. If not to add questions of my own, say if Sven took over from Man every season post Mancini, how many of those do you think Sven would have won titles in? More would we would have won more or less? I think I think we'd we'd have won one. I think we'd have won one. I think we would have won. If, I think. I, I think, I think if you have Sven that. instead of Pellegrini, he wins more than one title. You reckon? We yeah. would have won the Leicester one, I think. Yeah. I don't know because my my overriding memory of, of of Sven at City was the fact that in that second half of the season he just couldn't could not win a game for love nor money. He won at he won at Old Trafford and he won yeah. what one other two others. Yeah, but, but Sven, yeah, was... but he spends bought Koulibaly for hundred and fifty million. You know, like <laughs> you know, at, at the at the back we might be you know a lot better than 
what he was the, at the, the time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I suppose. And the other one, the other one I kind of briefly considered on this one was Brian Horton for a, a, I was a straight about, I was thinking Brian Horton yeah, because he, he he likes a winger. Yeah, he likes expansive football, doesn't he? Um, from so, from a disaster point of view, Alan Ball, imagine, <laughs> like, like how close to the relegations are, are, are Hughes. How close to the relegations well, are like Hughes, Hughes, Hughes kind of did have the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hughes, we kind of did get an insight into how much of a pig's ear you could make of it, didn't yeah, we, yeah. really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I reckon with Alan Ball, you could, you'd be you'd be 16th. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Jonathan Graham asks on the emails, uh, do you think Guardiola's treatment of John Stones has been a bit strange? He barely seems to get a start these days. And it's a, it's a good point. At the start of last season, Stones, he's, you know, his stock was pretty high. It's really weird. Like the last, I mean, I sort of realised about four or five games ago. Like, oh, he's been back a while now, but he doesn't seem to get any starts. And and it was weird because Otamendi wasn't. I mean, we were winning games, but I don't think he was playing particularly well. And he was still getting the nod ahead of Stones. Now, company's found favour, hasn't he, over him? Yeah. So, so that 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 doesn't make me feel that they've sort of fell out. It makes me think that is Stones one hundred percent fit. Because his because his in, his injury was a niggly injury, wasn't it? Well, there's I mean I don't know how much can go into it, but there's people saying that he's got yeah. like a bit of an unstable, you know, like he's gone through sort of changes in his life, hasn't he? At the moment, mm. which which you know, let's face it, that would sort of change how you sort of play. And he had a very weird game against. Spurs. Oh, he very. We 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 were saying that during the game. It it just it wasn't stones like at all, and he was switching the, off, wasn't he? Yeah, like, and it was like the stones. Like I've not seen, obviously nowhere near to the same extent, but I've not seen Stones with that sort of concentration since like when we got battered by Leicester away a couple of seasons ago. It was it was bizarre. Like the communication between him, Laporte, and Edison just was non-existent, and it made Laporte play worse as well. I thought. Wasn't that long ago where you're looking at Stones and Laporte and you were thinking these two are yeah they've got a partnership, haven't they? And and Stones was assumed for the next captain as well. I think at the time, and I I, th- I think um, next season it'll be back to not. I'm not particularly. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he probably will be, but he's not. Yeah, I, I think Pep was thinking, look, a few games left here. Let's not get over. Excited. And it's great how Vinny's just the go-to man for the big game again. Like people have been like, you probably go back and find people saying things like five, six years ago, or time for him to retire now. <laughs> yeah. And he's just been like against United. I thought he was brilliant last night. Yeah, he, you, yeah, you said that, and I was just like, I, he had a I, bit of a mad game, but it was like it was, it was, it, it was, was like a, a ge- mad genius. It was, game. It was, <laughs> it, 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 like at times he was brilliant, but at times I was like, "What are you doing?" Like that overhead kick yeah, to put Lingard off. Wh- 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 which overhead? He did about four of them, but yeah, the ones put Lingard off. It worked. Like yeah, he got someone yeah. on it, didn't he? Yeah, he just, yeah he just, no, he didn't touch that. Did no, he did. He, he did. The ball did moved. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but um, just, but he played. He played like an absolute. Mad genius, last night. <laughs> I know, yeah. and it was it was like I re- I, I enjoyed it, but like I I gen like my heart was in my mouth every time it went near him last night. I just thought, what is he going? And especially after the yellow card, I was just like, what is he going to do? Yeah, but that but, was a great but, yellow card then, to take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that, absolutely the right yellow card to take at that stage. No, I th- no. I think the only thing I would have done slightly, I would have stood up a slight bit more to get him a <laughs> bit, high, a bit was, higher on the chest. It was Fernandinho's <laughs> fault, wasn't it? He yeah. sort of let it go, and he sort of, so we had to make a decision quickly. I know this question is about stones, but can we just talk about how much more? No, <laughs> well, well, there's there's nothing finer than like seeing company's hands flap about when he's doing that strut when he's walking back the, to his goal. Oh, the, the finest. <laughs> the, there's no finer sight. Like the sequence of a company header, and then it's fists put and it's like arms pumping like, to go and celebrate. <laughs> then it's a big jump, and then everyone gets round him, and then he's the last man back in his own half, walking like ten men. <laughs> oh, it's just absolutely glorious. Yeah, he, he, he what he, favourite thing? He, he walks like he's wearing two coats. Doesn't yeah. He? yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Well, we could go on about this all day, but we'll spare you that. I think I'm not going to lie. Over Christmas, I would have been mightily surprised if you'd said to me that City would have had the title defence in their own hands with three games to go. Such was the way it felt like it was going after a difficult December. But here we are. On next week's show, we'll be looking at the game at Turf Moor and where it leaves City's bid to become the first team to win back-to-back Premier Leagues since 2009. If you want a little bit more this week, then we're talking about the Joe Royal era at City and the bonus show for Patreon backers. That's available for people who back the podcast $2 per month on Patreon. It works out at about £1.50 each month for four or five bonus shows, plus regular blogs by me, Richard Burns, and guests as well. So go and get signed up, patreon.com forward slash Blue Moon Podcast. Thanks to my two guests, Gaz. Cheers. And KC. Very hard. I'm David Mooney, <laughs> and we'll be back next week. See you then.
the Blue Moon Podcast. Please support the show. Patreon.com forward slash Blue Moon Podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game-changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.